exciting. All right, we're back to resuming recording. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the You Got Side Hustle podcast. I'm sorry, let me redo that. Got Side Hustle show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Got Side Hustle show. I'm your host, Chris McPeak. And my guest today, holy Christmas, somebody I connected with on LinkedIn. And to say she's a serial entrepreneur, side hustler uh, phenomenon would be an understatement. Um, we're talking today to Jackie Cooper from the Crypto Mom podcast and vodcast. Jackie, thank you so much for making time for me today. Yeah, I, I love talking to other women who um, have a vision to share messages and to inspire others. I know that on my multiple podcasts, I look for inspiring stories like yourself. So that way I can um, have other individuals know that, um, you know, we all can do this and we can all find our love and our passion. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be, you know, a step by step process. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dig in a little bit, can you tell me just a little bit about your your main vocation, if you want to call it your day job or your your main entrepreneurial venture and um, and your various side hustles? Because you've got a long list and it's going to be exciting to hear all of them. I, I do. I do have a long list, but they actually are very integrated, even though people might not see it as that. Um, sure. I started off uh, and I still am. I'm a lawyer and I can practice, but I um, have always followed my heart and my passions. And so that always hasn't, even in law, that hasn't always generated the dollar. So I've always had some sort of side business. Um, so that way I had the freedom to choose what I wanted to do because I realized um, when I was very young, I it was difficult for me to fit a nine to five job. I liked being my own boss. It was hard for me to kind of um, fit the traditional mold. Even in college, my major was multidisciplinary. It was science, technology, and society. So oh, nice. I... Yeah. And so I, I always knew that that was just who I was. And I was I, ha I was lucky to have parents who um, inspired me to um, develop my interests. And I'm trying to do the same thing with my daughter. I'm a single mom. And um, so I, I knew right from the start when I focused on my career that I wanted to help others. And so um, some of my passions uh, involved that as well. And um but I, I navigated over to teaching about 18 years ago, and I'm a special ed teacher um, for a variety of reasons. So the, mm -hmm. so the law and the teaching, you know, are what people might consider traditional jobs. Sure. But I navigated to special ed teaching because it involves brain science, and I love science. And it also let me teach in a non-traditional way. So I wasn't stuck in a room. I was able to work with multiple grades, different, you know, personalities and and styles of learning i could integrate music and art and i could do a lot of things that are you know lend to creativity so i love yeah. that um but at the same time um i also knew that i had some side interests for example travel and i've always loved to travel even after law school i spent two months just backpacking you're railing it oh, wow. in europe um traveling by myself now if my daughter wanted to do that i probably would be really no. hesitant <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i really fell in love with traveling and meeting people then and so when 
she became a little bit older, old enough for us to kind of hop on a plane. I wanted her to fall in love the same way I did. So, um, I, so every year we've always taken a major trip. And a friend of mine said to me one time, why are you traveling retail when you can travel wholesale? I thought, duh, that makes so much sense. So I became a certified travel consultant. And that led to uh, one of the side hustles that I have is, you know, in the travel space. Um, and again, I'm happy to talk to anyone about how to develop a side hustle in any of the spaces that I'm working in, because um, one, it's fun and you too, you can write it off. Um, it's a business expense. So, um, you know, I don't write off my entire trip because part of it's personal, but when I'm exploring and researching a hotel or, you know, a certain travel vendor, like last, uh, before COVID, um, I guess it was 2019, my daughter and I went to China and I, uh, checked out one of the, the tours that was, that's on my platform. I wrote yeah. part of it off because I was checking out the vendor and, um, you know, so I could uh, talk to future clients about that, you know, platform. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of advantages in having a side business, you know, because even though we are home because of COVID, you can't technically write off your home business, uh, home rather, unless you right. have a side business. If you have right. a, a business, then you are allowed certain write-offs. So, so that's the travel side. And then um, I, last year I became involved with, I was always curious about cryptocurrency. I thought Bitcoin and you, you know, on my podcast, people will hear me say this. I really thought Bitcoin was cute 10 years ago. I thought, oh, it's going to pass us by. And here, you know, it's, you know, over $45,000 for just one Bitcoin. And so I finally decided last June that I was going to put my toe in. And I met a, an individual in Scotland who I trusted because I was searching for the past two years to try to find individuals that wouldn't sell me something, but actually would educate me. And um, so she did. And she was very patient with all my questions. And so I started to um, get involved with uh, BizCoin, which is um, a really uh, new coin, but that um, when I first invested in it, it was 0.41 euro. Now it's 0.83 euro. So it's definitely wow. gone up and it's very easy to use. And it was a great one for me as a beginner to get involved. And now I have wallets and I have a lot of other things. So my Crypto Mom podcast is really about my journey in this space and the both the um, the highs, the lows, whatever I'm learning, the struggles that I have, you know, um, and I'm interviewing people um, who are way more experienced than me and they're sharing, sharing their wisdom and guidance because everyone gets started at some point. And, right. and being a teacher, I know that, um, you know, when I'm, I'm helping my kindergarten and first grade kids, we all started to read at one point when we were little. Well, yeah. it's true with any skill, you know, you, you right now, I know how to ride a bike, but when I first got on, I was falling. So it's true with anything that we do. Um, so I have like you, I have, you know, pod, sh podcast talk shows in four areas. Love Travel Scotland is because of my partner in Scotland and we're trying to help businesses there. I have J Cooper Travels, which is a little bit of everything about how do we travel in life. And it has uh, stories like yourself, which is inspirational. I have the crypto mom. And then for my teaching side, I have a virtual career day podcast uh, because oh. I know a lot of the schools are going virtual. So, you know, it feels it might sound and feel like it's a lot, but they're all integrated with my um, authentic interests and passions. 
So for me, um, it's fun. And that's the main thing that I would say is if you are going to find um, something that you're going to do on the side, find something that you love. Even if you think it might not be generate income at the moment, you never know. And when yeah. if you're loving it, then the days don't feel long. They feel short. Right. And you feel like you don't have enough time to do everything you love. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're totally speaking to my heart in this capacity. And you hit the nail on the head for me in a couple of different ways. When you were talking about the difference between chasing a paycheck or, or chasing the dollar and in investing your time in something that, that touches your heart, that means something to you, that you enjoy. And, and I'll give you sort of a personal example. I haven't talked about this on the show before, but I did talk about it in my book. Um, I have always sort of been obsessed with the fact that I didn't ever feel like I was making enough money. Um, I was always, I was always like, Oh, there's something that I can't have because I have this debt or I have these regular bills and I can't seem to get over them. And so like my whole life I was chasing side hustles. And a lot of it for me started with stuff like Mary Kay yep. body shop at home. And I got the typical retail second job and those things made me a little money for a while. But the point being is I didn't like them. I thought, oh, I'm going to love talking to other women about makeup and doing skincare things and stuff like that. But there's so much time. And it, it occurred to me, well, like, I am not enjoying this at all. So I don't want to do it anymore. And when it came down to um, my husband and I started a, a U.S. Masters swim team, about four years ago, and that was going to be a, a nonprofit in, uh, endeavor. And I thought, you know, I, I kind of want to do something on my own that's outside of, of my day job. I work at um, I work at a community college foundation in advancement, and I run a scholarship program and, and do a handful of other things. Um, but uh, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I sort of I love education. I love helping people dig into their potential. So yeah, let me talk about this career thing, or or I'm really passionate about work life balance, so I'm going to do that. And as I started talking to people about doing something like this, I kept getting the same feedback. Chris, you should really start a coaching business. You'd be a great coach. People, you know, they respond to you. They resonate with you. You make people feel good about themselves. You help them tap into things. And so I was like, okay, that sounds fantastic. And the more I, I investigated it and researched it, it all just fell into place exactly that way. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> I can do this. And so this concept, like, you know, there's tons of things that you can do that people can do as side hustles. But if you're not genuinely enjoying it, it's not going to fuel your passion and you're going to wind up chasing the dollar instead of investing your time, energy and heart into a project that means a lot to you. And same thing with my husband, like, you know, he had done bartending, he'd worked in uh, manufacturing and maintenance and he's been a swimmer his whole life. So it's like, Chris, I don't, I don't want to work at these factories. I don't want to tend bar anymore. Can I, you know, let's start a swim team. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's do it. And all of those things have turned out to be really positive, inspirational, profitable endeavors because we both love them. And yeah. I think that's the key to, to all of it. Absolutely. It, it is. I mean, the, the thing that I also, and you know, you probably have also um, been aware of, especially if you read, you know, any of the um, yeah. entrepreneur books, you, there is no overnight success. Right. You have yes. to, you have to put the time in and you have to be consistent. Now, whether it's one hour a week or okay. whether it's more, you know, I think some people who get involved with um, 
side hustles or, um, you know, businesses um, expect overnight that it's going to happen. And, you know, I think that that's really rare. I think, you know, when you put in um, 18 months of time, then you start seeing return and you might get some immediate response and immediate profit right away. But you still have to think about this in the long run um, as an investment. And, you know, again, um, it's a building process. um, And and as you do it, like I said, if you're enjoying it, then you see the long term. Like I know with the the podcast when i started off um i think i have like maybe two to three hundred right now you know that have been booked but you know when i first started i was just doing i would i would ask individuals for interviews and now looking back it's like wow okay so that's you know that's that's a good thing but i also like you said you know you find things that you like you find things that you don't like i realized in the travel space I really enjoy selling travel insurance. I do not enjoy booking someone's trip because the reason, but I do have a, um, a wholesale platform, which I can share a free link to anyone where you can book your own trip and, 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 um, save up to 35%. And the reason why I like having people save on their travel, I like having people book their own because people change their mind all the time. And if they change their mind and I've taken time to research a trip for them, that's time I can't get back. And the amount of profit, to be honest, everyone who's listening, the amount of profit that you get on a commission for booking a trip is not um, the amount of profit that you should get for all the hours that you put in. So the way that it, it, you know, what I love about my other travel business is that I'm able to get residual and people are saving. And so that's a win-win. And I still have time to travel at the same time. Now, so, you know, you have to, when you start your side hustle or business, you have to figure out, okay, what do you like? What don't you like? Uh-huh. Uh, what are you, or what are you willing to put up with? What are you not willing to put up with? Yes. You know, um, are you going to want to have people call you at all hours of the night or only at certain times? So, you know, those are, as you develop your business, you can figure out um, what your your boundaries are because you also need to create personal space for yourself. You yes. need to balance. And um, no matter how much you love a business, you still have to create time for you and your family, which is why you mm-hmm. started the business in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh my gosh, yes. Like a, a thousand percent yes to all of those points. Um, I, am over here, like my heart's beating so fast because I'm totally resonating with everything you're saying. Um, so a couple things came up in that last segment. Um, I heard you mention the words residual income and yeah. I heard you mention like a, a free link maybe to a course or something. So, and that's within your travel business. Yeah. So what have you got set up there that allows you to let other people book for themselves, but still give you yeah. some, some cash on the back end? So I love all types of businesses. I love brick and mortar. I love solo businesses. I also love multi-level businesses. I love MLM from the perspective that you can work by yourself or you can work within a team. And that also um, allows you to have affiliate links and that type of thing. Um, so from that perspective, the business that I'm associated with, I have 
two travel hats. One is I'm the certified travel um, a consultant um, with a company where I can actually book traditional travel, but I also have a access to a multi-level marketing company that is um, travel-based, iBoomerang. Okay. And so um, they actually have a, a lot of other uh, products and services that they offer as well. But so that means that I can give anyone access to a complimentary wholesale platform where they save and it's no cost to them. They get a complimentary link. And then when they book on the platform, um, I get a residual off of that. So I have close to 400, not close to, I have 450 customers using my iBoomerang wholesale link. So when they travel post COVID, um, then um, I will get residuals from whether it's their excursions, their hotels, their air, their car rentals, even through food and things like that. Anything that's on that portal, I'll get a residual from. And um, every every time that they, um, I don't know who that is, but um, <laughs> go away, person. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. I I have uh, sometimes um, you know Facebook people that connect with me, so I apologize. Oh, yeah. um, but so with that residual, um, I'm able to actually um, enjoy the freedom and support to help them, but the freedom to be. Um, on a beach while they're booking. So, yeah. okay. So let me, let me walk through this to make sure that I understand. So you're at sort of the top of a spot there and underneath you are 400 people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, but when they book, so let's say I'm one of those people and I book a trip for myself, I'm going to save maybe up to 35% on my trip and you're going to get a little piece of the action. Yes, exactly. And then if, if I recruit people, like this has worked out so well for me, you should come in on it. Then when they book their trips at potentially 35% off, I'm going to get a little piece of it, but then you're going to get a little piece of my piece, right? Uh, that is how affiliate marketing works. Yes, you get a Got residual it. off of it. Yes. Okay. I love that idea. And my husband and I do like to travel, but it's it seems that everything is revolved around swim meet. So I definitely live for the day where we can go to Europe. I've never been off the friggin' continent. It just blows my mind that I'm 53 years old and I've never done that. So that's on my list. Um, so you and I should talk. After. We definitely um, should. We definitely yeah. should. And, um, you know, I love uh, what I love about travel is is and I know you've talked about this, too, is meeting people from different yeah. places. Um, I love train taking trains. Um, I love, I do like planes, but for some reason, um, and I like boats, but trains I just love. And every time that I travel somewhere, I always try to find a train trip. So, uh, but I can talk to you about everything. That's so cool. Um, okay. So within the world of affiliates, because, and here's another example. So I, have an Amazon affiliate account. So if I'm um, like on my website, if I'm talking about someone's book on my podcast, I can put a link to that um, to that book through my affiliate program. So if someone listens to my show, goes to my page, clicks on the link and buys the book by the author that was on my show, then I get a little portion of that too. That's and awesome. I mean, Amazon has so many affiliate 
things and, and through Audible and all of that stuff. But I think, I guess that's another, another question that I have. You were talking about, you know, the quick dollar. And I think having like, the idea is having one affiliate link is not going to make you an overnight millionaire, but being um, intentional about where you put your affiliate links and putting them in places where the person that's visiting your site is most likely to want to click there and purchase that product. Um, so within that, within that vein, do you have any suggestions or recommendations from your experience on how those types of links can kind of help you make a few extra bucks every month? Yeah. Um, so because I love marketing and because I've always been looking at um, how do I posture or position myself this past summer, I took a class um, that taught me about click funnels, which is really interesting. Funnels are similar to, for those that don't know, they're similar to websites, but they're, they're like lead magnets, lead generators, and they have a, a variety of different ways that you, you can set them up like a shop. You can set them up in a variety of ways. Um, but affiliate links, um, sometimes they're placed within lead magnets. They might be placed within a blog. They might be placed within an email and you click in, or they might be placed in an article that doesn't look like a blog, but it's an article and you click in and all of a sudden, you, you know, they're talking about this product and, and, and then you decide, oh yeah, I really need this product. Well, that's an affiliate link and the blogger or the marketer is able to enjoy a little bit of residual from that. So um, depending upon who the client is, um, then that's, you know, how you posture it. But I always look at affiliates, again, from my own personal interests. So for example, I use a protein powder and I also um, have vitamins. And so I decided one of the women who I know is in fitness. So I decided to become um, involved with isogenics, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really marketing that company like an, uh, a full blown isogenics person, but right. I have access to their coffee and everything else. And so that's an affiliate link. So if let's say that someone decides that they want to use the same protein powder that I'm using or whatever, and if that I'm talking to a friend, I send them the link. If I decide, you know, again, um, that like with um, Bizcoin, the the um, the altcoin that I decided to get involved with in June, um, and the the coin has gone up from 0.4 to one euro to 0.83 euro, I I personally am earning passive income. But if someone okay. decides that they would like to um, get involved with that, I'll send them my link, which is okay. an affiliate link for a coin. And that's not unusual. I mean, if you think about it, you, people have PayPal. They send yes. a link. You can you get a gift from that. Um, you know, one of the wallets that I just opened up for the cryptocurrency, someone sent me a, his link. So he gets 30, you know, new crypto from my opening wow. it up. Yeah. So affiliate links are built into so many different referral platforms. And a lot of times um, my my philosophy is if I'm going to refer something, I would like to get something back. Yeah. And I don't think that that's, you know, out of the ordinary a lot of times we'll say oh this is such a great restaurant and you don't get anything back from that and that's okay but um i i guess I'm, maybe it's because of my age i don't know but i i enjoy having 
income coming back to me from things that I enjoy referring. So, um, because then I can use that money for something else. Uh So, you know, again, um, when I was younger, I never thought about that. But now that I want to take more trips or I want to do more things, I always am thinking about, okay, how do I free up my time? How do Uh I earn more money? And how do I spend more time with those that I love? Yeah. And, and you bring up a really good point, the whole, the whole time thing. Um, cause the, what, what I tend to get from people is, well, I can't start a side hustle because there's, I just don't have enough time to do that. And I think like, okay, well, do you think that I have more hours in my day or week than you do? We don't, we have the exact same amount of time. The difference between me and you is that I have prioritized and navigated and managed my time in a way that I free up the space to do these things, to, to go to my day job, to work my side hustle, to swim with my swim team, to go to dinner with my hubby, to walk my dog, to watch dark television on Netflix or wherever I choose to watch it. And that all comes down to prioritization and, and being really selective about when you're spending time and how you're spending time. Like a great strategy is do you, or concept anyway is do you really know how long it takes for you to take your shower do you really know how long your commute is do you realize that when you're sitting in the drive-thru at starbucks um that's taking time out of out of your day and is that something you want to spend your time on which in essence is like you're spending your time and your money on something that you could easily get at the office um, and I, and I think about all of those things when I'm, when I'm working with people, but, um, the point I was getting to is that you obviously need to have some strategies yourself to work all these things out and still take these amazing trips with your, with your family. So what are some of your specific tricks, strategies to, um, managing your time and then create all this free time for yourself? So it's a really great question. Um, and it's changed, it's changed. But um, I, the one thing that I, I give myself permission is the fact that my schedule might change. I try, okay. no matter what, no matter what schedule I create in a day, I, I do not have any guilt if things change because um, life happens. And yes. the best plan things that you might say, okay, it's going to happen over the course of a week. Things might not always happen the way you anticipate. Um, I always, at the beginning of the week, I'll look and I'll try, but again, I'm constantly rewriting my days. Um, I will look for the week and I'll plan what are the top three things I need to get done during the week. I love it. And um, so there's a top three priority. There's a mid three level and a low level. Okay. And if I, and then once I have that broad vision for the week. And I also have that broad vision for the month, even though the month will change. Um, then I look at the individual days and then I say, okay, um, based upon what I know is my teaching schedule during the week, um, and what time I want to get up and what time I want to go to bed, because I always mentally plan making sure I have enough time for the, physical priorities of sleep and exercise and food, because those are the three things that you cannot cut out. Um, Then I backtrack it. And then I think, okay, um, on Monday, what's the most important thing on Tuesday? What's the most important? You know, I, I try to look now I might have more time on one day than another, 
But if I don't accomplish whatever my thought is that I'm supposed to be doing on a Monday and it gets pushed over to a Tuesday, I, I give myself permission to be okay with that. Because when I was younger, I was very, you know, checklist oriented and it was very difficult for me to kind of give myself the mental space that it's okay. It didn't happen. And I think that's really important. Um, But it's also on the flip side, you do have to have an end game in mind. So you have to know that, okay, you know, your energy might change and you just might be so tired. You just need that extra sleep. You Uh just can't get to editing all the podcasts and that's okay. But, you know, so you flip it to the next day, but um, you do have to have that priority. And, um, and then, you know, it's, it's giving, it's just watching the flow, you know, looking, looking at the short and looking at the long. Yeah, I love that. And, And I love the, you know, life happens and it does. And we can't, necessarily control everything around us, although we might want to try to. Um, I know I've had moments where I've definitely tried to. And I think, you know, you talk about sort of giving yourself grace, giving yourself permission to say, you know what, I can't do that today. And that's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Didn't Scarlett O'Hara say that in Gone with the Wind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow is another day. Um, I don't, won't think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. And I find myself saying that too, like, oh, I'm channeling my inner Scarlett O'Hara today. And I'm not going to think about that today. I'm going to think about it tomorrow. Um, and I think, yeah, that's so important because the second that we get all jacked up about, you know, I wrote that on my to-do list. Do I have to do it? Um, we just make ourselves crazy where we make everybody else around us crazy and we wind up getting nothing done because we're so stuck in our like, oh shit, this didn't happen. Um, so yeah. And I also am a a real believer in following your intuition and your inner voice. So, you know, where, you know, if I made a plan for the week on a Sunday and this is what I think I'm doing, but if on Monday I feel like I can get more done in on this thing instead of that thing. I'll uh-huh. switch because if you're if you're if your mind, your body, your spirit, whatever is giving you direction to to work on that area, then you're going to be a lot 